0: Get that hot dog out of your hand What are you talking
1: about? I don't have a hot
0: dog Yes, you have a hot dog Get that hot dog out of your hand
1: No, what are you talking about? Oh my god that?
0: Wow, that, that that's exhausting I don't know if I can keep this up with this They're stupid intro bullshit <laughs> in
1: the water I see a sign In the dark See the you in the blue
0: Okay, that lovely little snippet. I just uh, I needed to throw it in real quick. It's actually something I wrote, wrote and recorded 13 fucking years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I really pulled down in the deep in the whale with that one, y'all. Um, but yeah, that was with the amazing late DJ Lady D um, from Oakland, California. I mean, God, it's been a decade since I've heard from her. So I don't even know. So if one of the 10 of you people listening to this thing go, or Lady D, reach out to me, girl. How you been? Shit. Um, so welcome. Welcome to episode number five. We're, we're, we're five episodes in. I've got a doozy of a show for you today. Um, so we've got an entire 30-minute segment just about one of the songs from Sparkle Pony Bear that we've completely gutted, remapped, retracked, turned it into a rock number. This is officially the rock out with your cock out episode. Um, I think you're going to really enjoy that. Um, and honestly, this is my intro, so I don't know how many segments I'm going to put in this episode, but again, housekeeping, uh, please let me know what you think. If you're listening to this, uh, it's TC, C-R-O-S-S-E-R. That's TC Crosser. You find me on Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, Twitter, YouTube, all of them. Um, and I guess now Instagram has their own version of Snapchat, which is awesome, which means I get to dodge the Snapchat bullet. <laughs> I never had it, didn't want it, never gonna have it again. And yay, now I don't even need it. So again, reach out to me. Give me questions, give me comments, be a troll, fucking do whatever you gotta do, because I love I just I am an attention whore. That's why I'm doing this in the first place. I wanna hear from you guys. Um, Even if there's only five of you, we can have like an intimate coffee chat. I don't know. I I have no problem with that, I guess, as long as you're not like gonna hurt me or something. But without further ado, oh wait. Nope, I don't really have any announcements. Um, Again, I wanna bring guests in, but I need more viewership before I do that. I don't wanna waste anyone's time. Uh, la 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 what's happening um my plants are growing and getting bigger if you follow me on Instagram you'll see <laughs> that <laughs> um, I'm going to Hawaii on vacation uh in two weeks so there's that um I'll be gone for a week, but oh my God, this is so fucking lame all right I'm just uh, let's just get on with the show last week, I shared with you the Thanks for everything, acoustic, slow <laughs> version of the opening for Sparkle Pony Bear. Um, just to refresh your memory, here is a quick snippet.
1: Down the life, out and risky Loathing's what you do best we both knew the this was
0: over. Now, you could always go back, and you can always listen to all the other takes that were done. <laughs> and you can listen to the full acoustic version of this song. What I want to do now is, instead of in the past where I've been like building out and then showing you the final product, I'm just going to share with you what I came up with And then I'm gonna explain how I broke it out and did it. And I'm also gonna explain how in this process of kind of going back in the studio, and Devin did not re-record the vocals. I, everything is the same as far as him singing. The only thing that's different is the instrumentals behind it. Um, But I also wanna show after this how this ended up changing, or not changing, but evolving the storyline and it kind of gave more depth to the character. Um, And yeah, so there's gonna be a lot of shit that we're gonna talk about. But first, here's what I came up with in its entirety. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely more of a rock out with your cock out type of moment. And as you can kind of hear it, and as I start to explain it, you'll see I fleshed it out. I kind of just went, all right, the version I originally produced was just really boring. But it needed to be boring because I needed to focus on just getting... The melody and the verse and the context. So it's all there. That's why I never changed his vocals. Obviously, we're going to go back. We're going to re-record the vocals and we're going to tweak some things and make some adjustments. And I think that we've covered those adjustments I need to make anyway in the previous episodes. But you can definitely hear a lot of different soundscapes. I've kind of blew open the palette in which I can paint. This character with. Um, Also, as I start to kind of break things out, you're also going to notice that I put a lot of elements from Topher, the other character's main opening that he has after this, and I incorporated it into this. And that's like the tasty treat big reveal, and I'm going to kind of explain that a little bit later on. But for right now, I'm just going to start with kind of the fundamentals of how I came. To where I was. And the first part is, so when we had the very first draft, it was very simple acoustic guitar structure, and it sounded something like this. And yeah, that's, it's a pretty melodic. <laughs> it's, you know, but again, it's what, Everything ended up being based on. So the very first thing I did in my like anger and like just disappointment in myself was I just wanted to go completely antithetical to that. So I was kind of tweaking around, and I'm like, okay, how can I share this? How can I figure this out? And so what I came up with was I immediately switched from acoustic guitar to just ah, uh, it's the hard rock. Um, guitar VST audio unit plugin within Logic Pro X. And again, all of this that I'm using is free. I haven't even used my own like $1,000 VST plugins and all the fancy stuff because, again, I'm not gonna want the most pristine sound I can because I want it to sound gritty. I want it to sound a little rough because it's gonna force me a lot further down the road to redo all of this with like real instruments or real, you know, real expensive high quality plugins. So then I kind of augmented that theme on the hard rock and it sounded a little something like this. <laughs> And you can kind of hear it. it, it's starting to take shape a little bit. It, I, I kind of listened, I was like, oh, okay, this has got a little bit of a frill to it. And I was like, you know what's missing? I need the bass, I need, not the bass instrument. I haven't even written that in here yet, because again, I wanted to kind of keep it tonally a little bit more simple. But so then I just kind of was riffing on just a hard rock chord structure. Stupid simple, still totally following the original score, just changing up instruments. And that's how I'm kind of starting this process. And so then that sounded like. Hmm. So again, stupid simple. But now we're gonna combine the two themes together and that's gonna kind of create the central. I'm gonna, instead of boring you with the details, um, hearing them together I realized, okay, you can't have both of them coming from the same VST. They just sound too similar and it's a little wonky. So I took a classic clean guitar sound and then I just fucked the hell out of it. Like I just, I just anally raped that bitch. (laughs) And turn it into an entirely different sound. So now, here's what happens when I do that and I combine the two elements together. So now it's starting to take shape. Now I'm kind of like patting myself on the back and I'm like, all right, yeah, here we go. We're making magic, bitches. So you could see I, I was very excited. This was very fun to do because this is when I'm kind of in my element. It, I've already created and I've kind of like farted out the generic base and now I get to actually go in and I get to kind of explore and I always treat separate instruments as kind of like characters. Um, Again, I think this comes from, like, farm boy in music class learning about Peter and the Wolf for the very first time. And I think that that always kind of stuck with me. So I have these two kind of main sections, right? And so then I'm like, all right, well, now I got to hear how this sounds with the actual vocals. And so here is the tasty treat of it all kind of combined together.
1: Tell that life found Loathing's what you do
0: best. You also notice that the vocals are a little different here than they are in the final, and and that's again because the voice too is its own its, its own instrument. And I'm going to take a little bit, and I'm going to go pause and just I'm going to explain this. I was wrong, and on this podcast, there will be many times where you'll hear me go, I fucked up, I didn't know what I was doing, as being stupid. So the problem with Devin's, let me rephrase that, the problem I was having was when I first heard Devin's voice, I heard all this richness in the back end. So when I did the acoustic version, I pumped as much into the back end as humanly possible. Uh, The problem with that is, in post when you're fixing vocals, um, the singer isn't aware that you're doing that. Like I didn't sit Devin down and go, I'm gonna really pump up these back ends, you know, these, these lower register, you know, on the equalizer. So so he didn't really know that, so he didn't sing with that in mind. So that's why when you pump up the back end, the lower end, all of a sudden, you kind of hear some of the uh, the imperfections, right? Some of the tonal pitches, some of the issues. And again, because it was just his first fucking try. Like, that was stellar. Any audio engineer will tell you, for a first take, that's not bad. Like, especially if you only have an hour. These things usually take... Uh, they could take an entire day. But so... After re-listening to my favorite bands, and if you listen to a previous podcast, I explain in detail, ad nauseum, why I enjoy listening to other music to be influenced. So I listened to a shit ton of Velvet Teen, and they just put out a new album. Not as great as their others, but in in particular, I listened to their um, Out of the Fierce Parade album, which is like their first album. I don't count their the very first, but that, that's the album that counts. And I noticed with, with Judah's vocals, the lead singer of the band, even though he has a rich sound, I mean, I've seen him live, I've met with him before, he's an amazingly gifted, awesome human being, um, he has a real deep voice to him. But when he records, he cuts all of the low end register out, and he only pumps in the upper register. He also adds a little bit crunch, like a little bit of a distortion to his voice. And it's not because he's he's trying to fix anything, it's because that's the sound he's created for his character in his band. So with Devin's vocals, as you saw, heard in the final product, I added a little bit of a bit crunch to it. Um, I completely dropped out all of the lower register and the EQ bar. Um, even the the reverb I added in was just to augment and to really push the upper register. And, and you kinda hear a little bit of that because I didn't, the final EQs and stuff, I'm not putting <laughs> on that little four measure clip that you heard because that requires too much time and daddy is exhausted. Um. So th- so it's just important, I just wanted to like kind of lay that out. But as you hear it, everything's kind of taking shape. So there's two major components that I haven't covered yet. Um, some of the chord differences I end up incorporating and using in the song that you heard that were very predominant in kind of Topher's signature song that I'm still writing, um, and then also drums. You heard drums, I haven't even mentioned drums. And so I think what I'm gonna start with, I'm gonna start with some of the chord changes I made. And I think the most major chord change you hear is right after the first chorus. After the first chorus, I kind of have this very dramatic shift and it sounds something like this. So I'm bringing this one up because the song is in the same key as Topher's rock uh, rock opening, as I was calling it in a previous episode. I'm not going to play that part because that's in a previous episode, which you should have already heard. And all of this is on SoundCloud, SoundCloud slash T-C-C-R-O-S-S-E-R. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Tell me what you think. All right, enough about that. So, But what I will do is I'll take the same rock thing, And instead, I'm gonna put it as a piano sound so you can hear it a little bit more clearly. So, obviously, I'm not playing this on the piano, or it sounded like a shit ton better. And that's just, I'm just copying and pasting one MIDI file clip into the other instrument. Um, This is also how I've created this entire song is i i come up with the melodies or the little twists and then i'm just copying and pasting and tweaking and moving around kind of ensures that the song itself is tonally not too scatterbrained all over the place um but at the same time i am still augmenting so if you heard the whole flash oh and from a previous episode you also heard me constantly say I sound like a gay Kermit the Frog, then you are correct, that is what that is. Um, and now I'm ready to kind of divulge a little bit of what happened as I was working on this. I didn't really know what to do with the Kevin Sparkle Pony Bear character. I knew that he was an integral part because he was this guy that was abusing the shit out of Topher for many years. I also already revealed that the whole crux of the show is that Topher's trying to find a way to go back in time to get Sparkle Pony Bear and try to make him or mold him into someone that isn't as damaged as he ends up being by the time Topher sees him. And also Topher himself also wants to not be as damaged as well. but there were two major points that kept sticking in my head that it just would not go away. The first major point being that I keep referencing, even in the script that I'm still writing, that Topher can't sing. Topher's a terrible, like, I don't think he's a terrible singer, it's just he sounds like me. He sounds like a gay Kermit the Frog, right? So I was like, okay, how do you have a lead that can do that? Um, and then I remember because, and I will bring the lovely Meredith Nikolayev in who is co-writing uh, and the Infinite, a different show with me. Um, and with Meredith, we've developed a similar theme where the central character that we're building never sings, it's only acting, which we thought was a really cool concept, and we found all these really cool tricks and ways of kind of showing that and making that part of the narrative. So now I've got to like come back to part Sparkle Pony Bear, and I'm like, wait. Topher still can kind of sing because he has to kind of sing a little bit. But what if this whole Kevin Sparkle pony bear really is in his head? It's him remembering the best of Sparkles as he's getting through these two years of, um, of time traveling. So what I thought would be really cool is to kind of incorporate the Kevin character as the, the singing voice of Topher. I know, it's a bit of a stretch, and as we go progress in episodes, this will make more sense as I actually flesh it out. But So that's why you hear me now, I'm like, oh, this is an even bigger palette to pull from. Because now, you've got Kevin who has his own signature songs, his own character development. But then on top of that, he kind of blends and fuses that into Topher's world because Topher's not the one actually singing. Topher's kind of imagining this as he's kind of going along. So this allows me to bring in an amazing singer like Devin and be like, okay, you're kind of like the Greek chorus, but one person. And you're going to kind of be singing throughout this entire thing for Topher. What this allows me is A... I can experiment the hell out of all the different themes and things I want to do musically. B, allows me to really focus on some play, writing, dialogue-driven emotional context. So not every song is, I'm picking up a candle and I'm lighting it for you. You know, (laughs) it's early and I'm tired, but fuck, okay. Um, So I don't have to do what's called recitative. I don't have to do that in the song because Topher's not singing. And when he does sing, it's minimally and it always is going to blend into the Kevin character singing. So now I've kind of taken this entire weight off my shoulders and I can make the music more about the show and the showcase and, and helping explain... Sparkle Pony Bear, and why this man means so much to Topher in the first place. So all of that. All that. And then secondly, (laughs) long tangents, you know. But if you've stuck through to this fifth episode with me, then you're in it for the long haul, bitches. So I might as well just ramble all the fuck I want. Um, But the the second overriding point is many of you are going to be very unfamiliar with my work. Many of you are like, uh, it's cool, but I don't get it. I'm a dark comedy writer, and I love throwing wrenches in the machine. So although I don't have a truly well-mapped-out ending or resolution to how this entire show plays out, and it's true, like I, I think there's a lot of writers where it's like, do you think that on this the show Lost that those writers actually knew how it was going to end? like there's just no way like you know as something progresses it evolves and I think the most important thing for being a writer the thing that honestly if you don't even want to write a fucking musical you just want to do music or maybe you just want to be a playwright or you want to go into film or television the most important thing of this podcast I guess anyway is that be open to completely gutting and changing what you've written. Do not treat it like it's some special magical force that if you augment or deviate from will be the most horrid thing in the world. Like, and that's the thing about the ending. I've never really formalized like, how dark and fucked up do I want this to go? Like how do I want this to end? Do I want Hofer and Sparkle to get together and then Sparkle just beats the shit out of him again? Like, is it a vicious cycle? And so he keeps going back in time to get to this situation. And because of that, that's why Sparkle was beating him up in the first place. But it's just, it's in this constant causality loop. Or is this really all in Topher's head and he's actually delusional and he's made up the entire thing? Or maybe it really is like a sci-fi thing, but it's a byproduct of some weird you know, side effect for doing this. Again, you could see the possibilities are endless. But if you don't have... A broad enough palette, if you do not have enough of the tools already in place, then it's very difficult to be able to go back and then gut everything and build it back up. That's the lesson I learned with Anne the Infinite. "And the Infinite originally started as a show three years ago about a guy and a girl at a bar getting blackout drunk together and through their blackout state exploring each other. Then that evolved <laughs> into a story about a married couple in a punk rock band and getting divorced and what that meant. And that was kind of like, you know, the uh, Sonic Youth, uh, Thurston, Kim Gordon divorce debacle. And then it further evolved into that, those two characters' child trying to narrate and make sense of everything that happened when she was growing up. Now it's kind of like this punk rock Amelie kind of story. None of that would have been possible if I hadn't like created a loose enough structure that things could be modular and things could change. So I think by incorporating, <laughs> long story short, 20 minutes later, you come full circle around. So basically what I'm trying to say is, by doing this I've jimmy rigged it and I've set everything up and it's like, oh, okay, now I have these elements. Um, and I've also kind of created some other twists. So. If you listen to the song, you'll also hear, here was another kind of twist that I kind of grunged it up a little bit on. After you take a second to process that, you're gonna hear there's actually two different things kind of going on here. We got one where the rock bass is just it's completely out of left field, right? The dun doo dun 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 It still fits a song. I will I will you know sell my first born child if I ever have one on it. Like it still fits, but it's very different, right? And really, all I'm doing in that dun 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 is just setting up to let the audience know that there are other songs that are going to be much darker, much heavier. And I feel like this song is kind of the character's like thesis statement. And the first rule of a thesis statement is, if it's not in the thesis, you can't put it in the report. You can't actually write about it. So so that's why I'm kind of like throwing very subtly some hints that, hey, this character's a lot darker and edgier, and get ready for some fucking fun. Um, but also, on the upper end, you hear this whole do, 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 do. do do do. and you hear that kind of theme throughout the entire demo track of what I've written um and I'm doing that because that's my Peter and now we're gonna go full circle around that's my Peter and the Wolf I I just I keep hearing that theme in my head when I think about Sparkle Pony Bear. It's got kind of a punkish anthem feel to it and I kind of like that. I like having a character that's complex that it's not black and white with him. It's not like he's just some heinous bitch and at the same time he's not some do-gooder or amazing human being either. He's just he's just a complicated soul but at the heart of his complication is this kind of driving angsty anthem in the back of his head that just constantly plays in his psyche as he performs and creates all these actions throughout his life. And so, that's, so that was the other thing I wanted to kind of share. So, so with all of that, we've covered everything about the song that I want to cover with you. We've talked about how when you work on a song, it helps further the development in the character itself it also is a great tool for trying to kind of flesh out and create some new themes in music that you can incorporate further down the road. So we, we've kind of covered that. We've covered how I work on it. We, we've, I've shared a lot, right? But the one thing I haven't talked about and the one thing that's gonna be like one of those, I, damned if you do, damned if you don't, is how the fuck did I do the drums? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I hate writing drum parts. I love good drums, and I've worked with amazing drummers and and you know, usually what I'll do is I'll chicken scratch out a very basic kind of rhythm pattern, then they'll go in and they'll start tweaking with it, and then I'll take that tweak and then I'll further refine the drum pattern and, and basically finally have this like kind of middle road, right? You, with drummers, you don't want to write too much in there because it confuses the shit out of them. But at the same time, you don't want it too loose because then you're just letting them go on their own instincts, which means every time a different drummer is going to tackle your piece, it's going to be tackled a little differently. Logic Pro X has this feature called Drummer, <laughs> and what it does is it's a preset. So what it does is it analyzes your song, and then you have like you have up to like eight or nine different bass drummer sets, right? Different drummer styles. And then within that, each one of those drummer styles, you have over like, I think it ends up being like 64 different just different customizable features to kind of flesh everything out. And then even on top of that, once you've done that, and that's only like a couple clicks of a button, then you can actually export that as an actual MIDI drum track so that you can further refine and tweak it. On this one, all I did was I put in a drummer track, had it analyze the song, and then with a couple of tweaks and a little like
1: "Boop, boop, 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 boop,
0: Um, it just went ahead and it mapped it for me. Because this is a rough demo, there's obviously a lot of things with the drums I want to augment and I want to change. But because I know that Logic's already analyzing it for me and it's doing most of the hard work and the heavy lifting, I'm just leaving it as is for now. When I actually get back to a real full instrumentation and I actually try to turn this song into something that anyone else can reproduce... Um, then, well, that's a whole other podcast of just arranging and fucked up magic. But so I'll just kind of give you a prime example. So all I'm going to do is I'm going to take the very, that opening element, those first two, I think two sections, I think it's like four to eight measures. And all I'm going to do is I'm literally just going to plug in the drum track and you can hear for yourself what happens.
1: Tell that life out of
0: so yeah, and again, th- I literally just, for 10 seconds, just plugged it in real quick. Because again, daddy's lazy, and <laughs> it's been a long day. And this this segment of this podcast is already 30 minutes over, so... So that's it for the drums. Again, when we get into the nitty-gritty of arranging, which we're nowhere even near yet, like, this is a long... Musicals are hard. They take a fucking long time. And not only just because, oh my god, I don't need a... You know, I have a producer that I can't find, or I need a director. Like, even before that, you still have to write the fucking thing. And it's, it's it's just hard work. But hopefully, me explaining the process of just breaking out a very first song, and getting it to what I've now called V2, version two of the song, at least opens a floodgate. So now every song I write afterward is gonna be a little bit easier because I have a blueprint. I kind of have a template for what I wanna do. And that concludes the segment of whatever the fuck this thing is. And I'm gonna say, fuck it. I think that was more than enough for you. Um, so, Rancharos, until next time, stay thirsty, my friend.